Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Lift them up to the Lord. The liturgy, music, and homily this day are offered in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here at Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe at WBUR.org. This first Sunday of the month, as is our custom, we invite you to receive the Lord's Supper at this open table, open to all of every age and station and background. We invite you further to consider membership in the Marsh Chapter by speaking with Rachel Cape, our Director of Hospitality. We invite you to begin or continue disciplined giving, pledging, and tithing in conversation with our Chapel Director, Ray Bouchard. And we invite you, following worship, to join us at our monthly luncheon on or about 12 noon here at Marsh Chapel. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
we pray. Almighty God, you have knit together your elect in one communion and fellowship in the mystical body of your Son, Christ our Lord. Give us grace so to follow your blessed saints in all virtuous and godly living, that we may come to those ineffable joys that you have prepared for those who truly love you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God in glory everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from the Epistle to the Hebrews, chapter 9, verses 11 through 14. But when Christ came as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy place, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls with the sprinkling of the ashes of a heifer sanctifies those who have been defiled so that their flesh is purified, how much more would the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to worship the living God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Please join me in saying responsibly Psalm 146 with the antiphon. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God all my life long. Do not put your trust in princes, in mortals in whom there is no help. When their breath departs, they return to the earth. On that very day, their plans perish. Happy are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. May heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever. Who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. The Lord has to sign for all generations. Praise the Lord. Please rise as you're able for the glory of Patrick. Christ according to St. Mark, chapters 12, verses 28 through 34. Glory to you, O Lord. One of the scribes came near and heard them disputing with one another. 
And seeing that he answered them well, he asked him, which commandment is the first of all? Jesus answered, the first is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Then the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one, and beside him there is no other, and to love him with all your heart and with all understanding and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself. This is much more important than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. After that, no one dared to ask him any question. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. In three days, one half of these United States of America will be profoundly disappointed and personally despondent. We just don't know yet which half. Half of all advertisement is wasted. You just don't know which half. One billion of the two billion spent on this presidential election was, if not wasted, at least offered in a losing cause. Again, we today do not know which one. A herd of elephants, a pride of donkeys, a country of these United States, more states and less united these days. You will, faithful listeners to Marsh Chapel on WBUR and otherwise, you will vote. I have no doubt about it. Good. And you have endured the preaching of the gospel this fall from a venerable pulpit and from a fallible preacher. Those especially who responded to the sermons on biblical justice, September 16th, and on generosity, October 14th, both in harmony and dissonance, have, like love, suffered long and been kind. Thank you for your forbearance. Given though the division, not to say the war between the states, or better said, within the states, or more precisely put, in the heart of Franklin County, just north of Columbus, Ohio, the home of Ohio Wesleyan University, a small Methodist college for small Methodists and others, incorporated in 1842, we may wonder, come this Sunday, whether the gospel, love God, love neighbor, speaks to our incipient disappointment. By the way, in case you had not heard, the whole election comes down to the vote of a single one person. We'll say, in imagination, a young mother, a 2001 Ohio Wesleyan graduate with two children who themselves one day will go to her alma mater. Living, we can imagine, in an antebellum home, a four-bedroom shared driveway house on North Sandusky Street in Delaware, Ohio, across from the old ATO house, who attends Asbury Methodist Church there and is vice president of the Junior League. I believe her name is Mary, or Martha, or both. That's how close it is. Let me suggest that the gospel speaks to us right now in love. That is one thing about love, divine and human. It never ends. 
Campaigns will cease, candidates will emerge or retire, slogans will be put away to be unearthed again, war chests will empty, celebrations will come and go, discouragement will be reborn into denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and then it may be acceptance. Some who are elected may learn that the position for which they graciously offered themselves is not exactly heaven on earth, some who are defeated may discover that in losing they were not so much denied as spared. Not so much denied something as spared the actuality of it. We can be proud of those who will offer themselves for leadership and service knowing the odds against them, especially those who will come up short 49 to 51. We owe them far more than we usually admit. What would love of God and love of neighbor look like Wednesday, November 7th, 2012, the day after a national slugfest this Wednesday? Well, who knows? But in part, I believe that the Mark and Jesus summary of the Decalogue evokes something particular in us this Sunday. Love, love God, love, love your neighbor, love, now there is also a neighboring verse that affirms love of enemies, of contestants and opponents, the consequence of love of God and love of neighbor. Those who have listened to Marsh Chapel sermons these years, my own and those of my esteemed predecessors, know full well that this pulpit does not take lightly the consequences of political learning or lack thereof, social virtue or lack thereof, and spiritual piety or lack thereof. I refer you to the sermons just mentioned and preached some weeks ago. Real, dire, real, dreamlike, real, decisive matters are at hand on Tuesday. So go and vote. The freedom of the pulpit encourages you, your own identity and faith exhorts you, and today's gospel leads you. And what a gospel reading as was beautifully rehearsed from this pulpit last Sunday, Mark is a gospel of conflicts. In particular, Mark is a gospel wherein Jesus argues with vehemence, with disciples and with opponents, scribes, Pharisees, and others. Since the River Jordan in Mark 1, Jesus has been at daggers drawn with the scribes in particular. In chapter 1, 22, 2-6-3-22-7-1-11-18-11-27 and we haven't even gotten to the Pharisees yet. And all of a sudden, today, Sursum Corda, hear the gospel, Jesus meets a peacemaking scribe, an ironic soul, a kind opponent. Matthew and Luke will, 20 years later, erase, as if using an etch-a-sketch, this mark and memory of kindness. Their scribe, Matthew and Luke's, is testing and testy, but not so here in Mark. In the heat of the battle here, there is a quiet, kind conversation. Like those stories of Union and Confederate soldiers across the line of battle, pausing to sing Christmas carols together on Christmas Eve. Or like a Republican governor and, and a Democratic president finding something shared, something in common in the teeth of a great wind. Something deeper, deeper than conflict, power, hatred, self is here. In the presence of a scribe, 
of whom Jesus says of this good scribe, you are not far from the kingdom of heaven. I don't know about you, but most days, if I could go home with that report card, I would rest my feet and rest my case. This scribe sees with insight and hears with understanding, in love. And the scribe sees this. God is grabbing hold of the world again, in love. And the scribe sees this. God is re-grasping the world and us within it. A little Deuteronomy and a little Leviticus and a little love of God and a little love of neighbor and the gospel for this day. So hold on to free speech, hold on to your own most identity, hold on to the peace of the faith you hold in your heart like a river and go and vote your conscience. But after the voting, there remains the living and by our gospel, the loving in the living. What can this truly mean for us come Wednesday? How shall we love God? By loving our neighbor. How shall we love our neighbor? By loving our opponent. Let me propose an exercise. Its details may lack something, one point or another, from your point of view. Fear not. Add and delete your own spices and ingredients later. Just remember this. Jesus and the good scribe talk. They talk. They listen and speak. The summary of the law they affirm, as we know, was also affirmed by Rabbi Hillel in the same century, and as a way to condense the two tablets of ten, five each, is not unique or even remarkable, though quite portable and useful. What is striking here is the relationship between the good teacher and the good scribe. They relate. They listen. They speak. And in that matter, vein and spirit, come Wednesday, consider an experimental exercise. That is, consider why the other half votes the way they do. So, you are a liberal. Good for you. I commend your liberality. But let me ask you something. Have you given much effort of thought to why half of the humans in the lower 48 states plus Alaska and Hawaii disagree with you enough to vote for the other guy? For you liberals, let me suggest three L's to consider come Wednesday. I mean, if we are to love God, love our neighbor, and love our contestant, then we might want to consider why the other side votes the way it does. Love is like that. Love is for the wise. Life. Those more to the right of you in the choir loft tend to have a strong and particular view of the sanctity of life. Have you, Mrs. Liberal, really heard, I mean really deeply heard, this conviction? Now we know there are manifold ways to be pro-life as a columnist wrote well the other day. But I wonder if, at some gut level, you have yet to appreciate, to approximate, what those to your right in the pew of life think and say and believe here. It will help us all down the road if you can at least acknowledge in detail that with which you do not agree in full. Liberty. Those more to the right tend to have a fierce and protective sense of freedom, of liberty. Oh, I know that liberals love liberty and life too, but my relative asked me once, 
why I thought conservatives did not want taxes taking their money. And I replied, because they believe it is their money. Individual responsibility matters. Personal holiness matters. Have you, Mr. Progressive, truly heard this? What you do, justly or not, deserves just response and reward. And we think of 2 Thessalonians, and we think of Galatians 5, and we think of Nathan Hale. It will help us all down the road if we can at least respectfully and sincerely say that liberty is precious. Limit. Those more to the right of you in the balcony are suspicious of large bureaucracies and big government. They see waste where there should be frugality. They see ineffectiveness where there should be fruitfulness. They see laziness supported here, free ice cream given here, lack of rigor, discipline, and effort rewarded here. Who governs least, he governs best, they think. Most of all, they see debt endless and dangerous. They prefer to support private nonprofit groups like the Salvation Army or churches or private missions. They have not usually re resorted to quoting John Wesley, get all, save all, give all you can, though they might have done so. Have you, Monsieur Dreyfusard, adequately, honestly sized up the need for limits? Love your contestant by knowing her view and affirming the parts of it that you can. Or, you are a conservative. Good for you. I commend your conservation. But let me ask you something. Have you given much effort of thought to why half of the humans in the lower 48 states, plus Alaska and Hawaii, are voting for the other guy? For you conservatives, let me suggest three C's to consider. If we are to love our contestant, we might want at least to practice saying out loud why they vote the way they do. Love is for the wise. Choice. When the chips are down and hard decisions need to be made, where is the liberty to be placed? Where is the confidence to be invested? Those to your immediate left in the choir loft privilege liberty in the sense of personal choice. The same affirmations under liberty made a moment ago might simply be inserted here. We recognize varieties of pro-choice positions. We know not everyone buys every party line, but Mr. Conservative, have you truly deeply considered what it would mean, and I'm speaking right now mostly to the men, to have your own health choices of the most personal and most powerful kinds made by others? Just how long, Mr. Mister, would you really put up with that? At least, can you see why, from another perspective, choice is a deal-maker or breaker? Community. Those to your left in the pew tend to have a high view of what the common good should be. Maybe way down left they are reciting lines from Martin Luther King about the beloved community. They believe in building community, doing things together, sharing time, space, and energy, and resources. Or maybe they just have a memory of when their own family needed housing, needed food, needed health care, needed employment, or suffered through a hurricane, and they think that the whole is more than the sum of the parts. They underscore that one's own health finally requires a healthy population, 
that one's own love of country requires a love of all the people, that one's own security and freedom finally require a modicum of the same provided for the whole. These lefties may have had a searing experience up close and personal with pain, poverty, or peril. Let those who have much not have too much, and those who have little not have too little, they whisper. Liberty, yes, but justice, too, for all in these United States. Compassion. Those to your left in the balcony emphasize compassion. Their sense of pride, sloth, and falsehood is heightened. There but for the grace of God go I, they think. Their sense of hypocrisy, idolatry, and superstition is heightened. They carry an acute memory of where and when things have gone badly wrong, and children, children have suffered. Children in poverty, children without primary health care, children who thus suffer other maladies, children in distress. Those just to your left, they are willing to forego a bit of frugality for the expansion of compassion. It matters deeply to them this fall whether or not another 40 million people, many of them children, will have access to health care after Tuesday. Yes, it must be admitted. They would rather spare the rod a bit and spoil the child a bit if that means all children are fed, clothed, housed, taught, and healed. Love your contestant by knowing his view and affirming those parts you can. Now, let me close by moving from preaching to meddling. Maybe you thought I've been meddling already. I've been preaching since 1976. In May 1976, I departed from North Sandusky Street, Franklin County, Ohio Wesleyan, Ohio, the heart of the country, and a year living across the street in the imagination in the old ATO house from that one person with the divided driveway and the four-room antebellum home, Mary Martha or Martha Mary, that one person whose single vote will decide this election and my impression over these years of preaching is that in practice, we liberals are not always all that liberal, and we conservatives are not always all that conservative. Here is what I mean. So, as a conservative, you believe in limited government and think the private sector, including churches, should care for the poor? Fine. So I must ask you, do you tithe? You know, the average pledge in churches is 1%, not 10%. If we are so keen on limited government, a worthy goal, and think the civil society can carry the work, then why are we so limited in our giving to the churches and other eleemosynary institutions? You see what I mean about meddling. So, as a liberal, you believe in community, in communal benefits, in the common good, the good of all. Fine. Good. Do you build community? Do you take the time to participate in all those fallible, time-consuming groups? Do you worship? Do you take the time and energy to build up the community of faith starting on Sunday morning? Or do you lie in bed, or do you play golf, or something else come Sunday? You see what I mean about meddling. Here's what I mean. Let each of us be convinced in his or her own mind, but let's practice 
what we preach. That is, I'll expect a tithe from all the conservatives and 100% worship attendance from all the liberals, or better yet, both from both. <laughs> love God, love neighbor. Devotion and service, love of God and love of neighbor, worship and generosity, friends, these are the things right and left over time that will last. Do these, and you may hear a whisper one evening that sounds like this, you are not far from the kingdom of heaven. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. By the way, my name is Bob Hill, and I approve of this <laughs> message. Please be seated. We greet you here in the nave of Marsh Chapel once again this Sunday morning, and we would invite you to put your name and contact information in the red books found along the center aisle of each pew so that we can get to know you better and help you get to know one another better throughout the coming week. Here to make a special announcement this morning is our Director of Music, Dr. Scott Allen Jarrett. Good morning. I'm pleased to announce to you our newest choral ensemble at Marsh Chapel called the Thurman Choir. You'll notice those of you here with us this Sunday morning, an insert in your bulletin about the Thurman Choir. In the spirit of Dean Howard Thurman's visionary ministry of a common ground, the Thurman Choir is open to any and all members of the Marsh Chapel community who wish to lift their voice in song as a community of faith and common faith. No audition or previous experience is required, 
and a multi-generational experience is encouraged. We begin next Sunday after worship and we'll rehearse for about an hour downstairs in the Marsh Room. The Thurman Choir will participate in leading in worship in the coming weeks, particularly December 16th with lessons and carols with the Chapel Choir, and then several times throughout next semester. We encourage your attendance and look forward to greeting you and welcoming you into the voice, the common voice of Marsh Chapel. See you next Sunday. Thank you, Scott. We would note, uh, in addition to all of the activities in the bulletin and on the chapel website at bu.edu chapel, we would raise up of particular interest the first of the Outlook lecture series, our LGBTQ ministry, on uh, this coming Wednesday, November 7th at 7 p.m. Uh, on AIDS, sexuality, and the American church in the 1980s. Uh, we hope, uh, given by Anthony Petro from the Department of Religion, we hope you may be able to join us for that. Uh, all more details are available on the chapel website. Uh, and then also, of course, uh, this past week, uh, the northeast of the United States suffered a tremendous thrashing by Hurricane Sandy. And uh, in, in support of those who have been victimized by the hurricane, we are partnering with our colleagues at Hillel and with other university offices, and uh, donations may be given at Hillel at uh, 213 Bay State Road uh, for those who are interested. As usual, all of our upcoming services and activities, as along with the opportunity for online giving, are available on the chapel website, bu.edu chapel. We would encourage you to meditate during the offertory on William Harris's setting of Edmund Spencer's text, Fair is the Heaven. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
our creator, the image of endless perfect perfectness. You have knit us together in the communion of your saints. You have given us this bread, which you have created, which earth has created and human hands have made, this wine with, which earth has made and human hands have brought together. May they become for us your body, your blood, our communion with one another and with all creation. Amen. Christ our Lord invites us, but invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love towards us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always. Peace. 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 Aubrey, peace. <laughs> The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth, God of Abraham and Sarah, God of Miriam and Moses, God of Joshua and Deborah, God of Ruth and David. God of the priests and the prophets, God of Mary and Joseph, of the apostles and martyrs, God of the, our mothers and fathers, God of our children to all generations. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. are you and blessed is your son Jesus Christ by the baptism of his suffering death and resurrection you gave birth to your church delivered us from slavery to sin and death and made with us a new covenant by water and the spirit 
On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. Renew our communion with all your saints, especially those whom we name before you in our hearts. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, strengthen us to run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. By your Spirit, make us one with with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now, with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. the sun show warm and bright on you, your darkest night a star shine through, your dullest morn a radiance brew, and when dusk comes, God's hand to you, the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen. 